All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 12 of Irresponsibly Long. I'm your host, Stephen, here as always with my esteemed colleague, Eric Johansson. Yeah, we made, uh, Nick just came by to double check that the mics are plugged in. We uh, think the mics are working. Please today. let us know if you can <laughs> Sorry hear us. About last week, <laughs> everybody. Um, you know what you signed up for. You know what you signed up for. This is not a high tech podcast. Um, <laughs> what up to everybody uh, in the chat? I see uh, Tunsky, Dan, Ali. Personal Evolution is back. What's up, dude? Welcome back. He's back and ready to. He's back and ready to buy some hood. Looks like. Damn. He's loading up. He's loading up. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. Definitely going to talk about uh, crypto markets because we have blood in the streets right now. It is ugly out there. Yeah, I saw in the Discord you said, um, fuck this. I'm going to play pickleball. I did. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> <laughs> that, was a great, that was a great decision. Um, yeah, I definitely got to... Sometimes you get in those like trading holes and then you just like... You start on the big picture and your long-term thesis, and then like seven hours into your day, you're just like on the 15-second chart. and That's too much, you're, man. You're tilting. It's too much. I feel like uh, I, I had this thought recently where it's like, um, you know, this is actually going back to December, late December, when I uh, kind of got into these long puts, and I was just um, ready to take a little breather, play defense. I was like, you know, there's times, there's times when you want to be like staring at the shit all the time and really be active. And there's times when you want to like just kind of play pickleball. And I, I felt like maybe, maybe, you know, for sure the last two weeks were kind of like pickleball time. And now maybe it's time to get back into it. But that's hopefully what we talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, uh, definitely missed the move, right? Well, the move happened. Are you talking about the move down? The move down. Yeah. And, and like, you know, people, you know, they kind of get in this panic mode where they're like, oh, I got to buy the dip or, oh, it's going to go lower. I got to get in short. And it's, ah, ah. and oftentimes you just you know, take a step back and just let the chart develop a little bit. Let the candles come through. Let the candles come through and do their thing. Let the whales, you know, buy or sell, see, see who's in control. Uh, take a breather. I think there's some interesting stuff happening right now on the Bitcoin chart. We're going to uh, take a look at that in a little bit, but I, I don't want to talk about crypto just yet because I think that's going to just uh, set us on a path. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll ease our way into crypto We will stuff. Never, uh, never return. So let's start off today in uh, TardFi, I okay. guess. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I want to I wanna first, we like to go back sometimes and talk about things that you know, we we told you to buy or sell. Actually, we never tell you to buy or anything. We told you that <laughs> we were buying or selling. Good catch, sir. Yeah, God. <laughs> Please. We don't have a lawyer, but... Please if, don't get me fucking banned. If, if we did, man. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. Uh, I don't know if they'll they'll accept that as an excuse. Uh, we're, uh, blast from the past. Verizon, VZ. Oh, you my God. were talking about this bad boy... Well, God, when was this? Like this was over the summer, right? Oh well, you see that that uh, last candle at the bottom. That's when I was talking. About. Oh, okay. What a coincidence! <laughs> what a coincidence! Um, no, but you were definitely shilling this thing to me. I forgot if it was on this podcast or the Alpha. I think it was podcast. on Alpha Alpha. We hadn't even started this one. Yeah, because I, I think it was like sometime in July. I remember the price being like thirty-four bucks or something. Well, that's that's even higher than when I got it. But yeah, it, it yeah I got so, in there at, at like thirty. One thirty and change. So you bottom ticked it. Congratulations. Yeah, dude. I 
So this is. Let me just go back. Well, to we're, we're at we're at a we're forty two twenty nine now. Um, not a huge move in, in in crypto land, but in the land of uh, in the land of stonks, especially in the land of uh, stonks like this. Yeah, these are stodgy move. stodgy stonks that that give you yield, cash flow. Yeah. Um, so we're up. Uh, you know, probably like 40 percent. Right off the bottom, so right. nice little move. And you're, like, you feeling good? Yeah. The reason why you the reason why you buy a stock like this is not even for for the price move, right? Like, so it has appreciated thirty um, some percent, but that's not why I'm interested in this. Like, why I was chilling this is for the yield, and at the time that was yielding eight and a half percent, and that's pretty juicy, right? Like, yeah, eight and a half percent is nice. It's and, good. It's a good yield. And um, I think like when I see that, right? A lot of times you see these dividend, high dividend yields, and you think this must be a fucking scam. This is gonna this is gonna rug. They're gonna cut the dividend, yep. and you're stuck. But these guys have a 17 year track record of consecutive dividend increases. They're generating positive cash flow. They pay out only you know like 50 some percent of their earnings as dividends. So there's plenty of room for this dividend to continue increasing. And the reason why I like this particular type of stock is because when you can get it at a cheap price like that, it can become like a forever hold for you. Um, you can just tuck it away. I don't, I don't even worry about the price. It went up to $40 or whatever. I think the price can go higher. I don't care. I'm just in it for the dividend yield forever. And you know, like they're gonna continue increasing that dividend over time as they have for 17 consecutive years. And you know my cost is fixed. It's at thirty dollars or whatever, but the dividend increases. So I'm going to be looking at a, a double-digit yield moving forward, you know, over time. And that's why you own a stock like this. I I did a similar thing a couple of years ago on Exxon Mobil, back when Exxon dipped down to forty dollars a share. Now it's at a hundred, and it, it was yielding similarly like eight percent at the time. So I'm capturing a double-digit yield on Exxon, and I'm just going to hold that forever. This is like the Nicker Bonnie framework. You just collect your checks. Mailbox money. Mailbox money. Not it, even mailbox. It's like email money. <laughs> yeah, right. It just, it just shows up in the brokerage, <laughs> so you don't even have to cash a check. Man, I could just uh, put my entire net worth into VZ stock, and I would be up... Uh, be up 40% in six months and basically retired collecting a, I could just live off my little. Well, I was like, I was actually talking to, uh, to Nick and his business partner about this because like, it's not really a game that makes sense or like, is that enticing when you don't have like a, a huge bucket to play with? But once you do have like some money that you want to preserve, you know, earning a double digit yield on like a million dollars, for instance, like that becomes like a salary for you. And which you can ultimately retire on or whatever, you know, like this is that becomes pretty meaningful. And I think transitioning from like growth portfolio to wealth preservation is a is a topic that um, people don't really have like that good of a handle on. Well said, sir. Well said. Uh, excuse me. I just have to move some stuff around here in the production laptop. Uh, there we go. So yeah, congrats on that. I don't know how many of our, uh, of our alfalfa listeners were like, yeah, I gotta get me some Verizon stock. Right. I think but a lot of people there's are probably a couple guys out there who are just like, thank you. Well, I know there's like a, anybody there's, in the discord shout you out. Well, yeah, they did. But I think they were like 
using it as a trade, but I, I know that there's um, wealth in uh, in our Discord, and um, you know, for that for that archetype, the people who have who have already made it to a, a certain extent, you know, this is the type of uh, trade you should be looking at. Um, but for the people who still need to make it, you know, you, you want to go for like higher beta, of course. And that's like where we'll focus there too. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Um, another, uh, another blast from the past. We talked about this. I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this on this show. This was back in October. We talked about uh, Tesla, which oh, yeah. is having a, a hard time this week. I think the stock sold off 12, 12, 13% uh, today. Trading at 182 now. Woo, ugly. Um, yeah. What a day this thing had. My God. Well, they reported earnings today. It did not go well. No, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. You got any uh, snippets there? Yeah, let me read a quote, a couple quotes from Elon. First one, I mean, you know, like in these earnings calls, stock can do anything, right? Uh, it's typically not even um, what happened. It's like it's what they're um, saying in the guidance, like what what is probably going to happen going forward. So the the revenue and earnings came in came in lower than expectations, but it, it was this quote I think that really led to this bleed out. He said, um, Elon said that um, we may see notably lower growth rate than we achieved in 2023 going forward. Um, that's a problem. He said, our company is currently between two major growth waves. The first one began with the global expansion of the Model 3 and Y platform. And the next one, we believe, will be initiated by the global expansion of the next-gen vehicle, which is their truck. Do you, mm. do you believe him? I mean, I never really believe anything <laughs> Elon says, to be Well, honest. what we know for sure is that he's in between two growth waves, and he's claiming for like lower yeah. than 2023 growth rates. So that's why the stock sold off. Mm. Pain. Uh, yeah, I remember back in October, uh, Rizzy in the Alfalfa Discord asked me to chart this. And uh, I think I drew this doodle here. I was like, uh, yeah, this looks like it's going to $40 to me. <laughs> Which at the time, this one was, you know, 250 And then I, I drew like a scenario where like, you know, if this happens, it, it could go up. But um, yeah, it's kind of playing out it's kind of playing out like uh, doodle a uh so far um i didn't take this trade because i was really 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 bullish on stocks at the time and like tesla Nasdaq is especially right right and, and, and that was correct and tesla tends to be just like a high beta nasdaq yeah right? I, I couldn't wrap my head around shorting tesla and being long the nasdaq because I, I don't really like spread trade either i'm just like i'm just doing I'm, I'm in this for the the price appreciation or depreciation yeah you know whatever um but yeah it's like a really interesting testament to the power of of, of price action on a chart it'll be interesting to see like if we it, it still seems inconceivable to me that we could go to like 60 dollars but that is what that is what the lines say. So, yeah, trying to wrap my head around a scenario where, where our coins are way up, uh, Max Evans way up, and then uh, you know Tesla is is in the toilet, like really in the toilet, like another eighty percent or so down. I think like so. With that being said, 
it's not inconceivable because you, um, what was the acronym before the MAG-7? It was uh, FANG. FANG. And uh, Netflix dropped out of Fang FANG because uh, Netflix was sort of this exact scenario. Mm. And I think we can see we can see that decoupling. Oh, man. I, this, is, this is pain right here. Like, there are so many people who are, like, big Tesla guys who've basically ridden this thing from nothing and are just conditioned to think it can never go down. I saw there's a couple influencers, like one of them was saying he's selling his house and oh, rolling man. like $5 million into more Tesla stock. I think that was at, I forget the exact price, but he's probably underwater now. I feel like every male investor below the age of 40 or 35, like owns this stock. The masculine urge to <laughs> sell your house and buy <laughs> Tesla stock. Uh, do you remember um, when you charted this for Rizzy originally that you called for $40 Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I mean, so, I mean, the top of that zone is probably about like 60 bucks. I think maybe it's 70, 67, but <laughs> regardless, like way lower. Um, and at the time, yeah, it was $242. So calling for 40 bucks was quite the, we call that, call that a hot take. <laughs> yeah. I was going to tweet it. And just be one of those things where I was like, ah, well, nobody's going to remember it Like if it goes up. But <laughs> and if it doesn't, I can be like, look at that. And people would be like, wow, this guy's so sick. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a Twitter trader 101. Just post like 50 just like really fully redacted takes. Hot calls. And then a year from now, like a year later, just go through your thing and be like, ooh, that was a good one. And just post that. And people are like, this guy is a god. <laughs> it's like... It's so stupid. Well, um, are we going to get $40 Tesla? I mean, dude, it, it looks like it, right? You are in a very high time frame, bearish monthly market structure. Like that is stuff that plays out over the course of years. So this could be like a 2026, 2027 thing. So um, how I would typically play something like that is if you have a hot take, you would like buy a put option on this, but with Tesla, the implied volatility on this particular name is so high that yeah. like it actually doesn't work for you to do that. I think you would probably sell the put and just short the shares. Mm. Speaking of implied vol, I think we've got some stuff to talk about, but I'm just going to tease that because I want to cover a couple more yeah, a couple more things we've been talking about. Just quick checkups. You know, we've been we've been chatting about Hood for a while. Um, you guys know that I've been buying sort of starter bags and DCAing because, like, when I zoom out on this chart, I just see like a really long, beautiful, big, beautiful accumulation range, and I see what Coinbase did, and I see this is kind of like a nice little play on a crypto trade, and we haven't really had the actual crypto bull run yet with retail so you know chain link vibes the whole nine this thing I, this is down so much um from the highs too we've got to be down like 80 we we're down like 90 something percent at one point i think uh stock absolutely took a took a crap but uh, you know some signs of life here in the chart for me when you looked at the weekly because you you had this like really really long accumulation range and then you know, you had this this nice sort of run 
on the lows followed by like an impulsive move up, which is like a good sign that there's some big money probably buying there and like they've probably got some fills and that they're going to want to defend that zone. Um, you know, not guaranteed, but we know we're talking in probabilities. It's a high probability yeah. setup. Now the price ran so much from that zone that I was like, you know, I don't want to go all in here at like 11, $12. Um, so I just like market bought some when I saw it and now price has kind of come back into my entry and, this to me is like a good example of when to just sort of DCA into a position versus like, oh, this is running. I got to just mark it by and, and get on. Well, for people not on the, on the stream, here. what what uh, is the zone you're describing? What uh, price range? This is a big range. I mean, we we're talking like eight dollars to, you know, twelve seventy five or so is is about the, the range we're trading in. Um, and and I, I view like the sort of red zone like ooh like this is this is where you expect a reaction from price you know to be basically like 985 or so down to 8 bucks so that little order block there um like anything that i can buy in that uh that range like i'm feeling pretty good about now that's a big drop from here right like that could that could be 20% down so you, you got to be cognizant of that but you know, we're talking about a stock that could probably, you know, four or five X, like if, if things get really stupid again. So you're, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a five X in the stock market without, <laughs> without eating like some downside. And, and to me, like 20, 25% downside to possibly get that is, is pretty nice. Well, um, I, I kind of imagine that you don't even really blink at 25% drawdowns anymore. I, I mean, I do if it's like my whole net worth in the trade. <laughs> yeah. That hurts a little bit. Um, yeah, so th there's some good signs of life here. I mean, we had that move, and it looks like we're sort of settling in around like some kind of key moving average areas on the weekly. We've got like the 200 MA here, and then I got like the weekly trend. We're above both of those. So kind of zooming in on the four hour, I want to just keep seeing some consolidation here these levels and e even on the four hour we're just kind of sitting above the 200 so it's really nice when you get in a zone and price is just like sitting on the weekly the daily and the four hour trends just like in your zone you're like oh baby come on come on so yeah I'll probably uh probably keep buying although i i really want to get greedy like you know sub ten dollars sub ten dollars i think is happening i think it's happening i think it's coming i think it's coming quite soon but yeah, like short term, there is significant momentum to the downside on this stock. Like there's no reason after these like this is like strong, impulsive move down from like 1250 or so. There's no reason to think this is just going to go up from here. Like it's far more likely that we kind of get a little bump up and then actually make new lows from here. Um, but again, I'm trying to think bigger picture with this stuff. So I like it. I like it as a, a longer term play. I think uh, Hood is going to be one of my largest buys in uh, 2024. Um, Hood, Coinbase will be as well. But this, this stock in particular just feels so right. I'm still watching Zoom, too. I mean, we haven't looked at it in a bit, and I haven't really bought anything significant yet. But, like, similar, similar thing here. We're... 
it just looks like the stock is clearly bottomed. We have been going sideways now since October of 2022. <laughs> like we've we've you know recovered a bunch of MAs similar like a weekly trend, four hour trend, daily trend. There's like a lot of interesting stuff happening here. So I I've probably start DCAing into this one now. I I, I think and uh, I I am long. Probably about forty percent of my position on on Snap. We've talked about it a little bit. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts on Snap? Sorry, I'm still on Zoom. I, I actually like Zoom. You like Zoom? Yeah. All right, fuck it. Let's go back to Zoom. Well, this is a good like it's a business that exists for a reason. It's like it, it does things that people need and it makes money. And this thing's like you just talked about the lines. the The fundamentals are solid. Like this thing is generating positive cash flow and trades at a very cheap multiple relative to its cohort like the tech cohort it's trading at 15 times forward earnings which is like probably like what Verizon when you zoom out on this chart it is spectacular look at that okay so dude the high was 588 dollars we're at 67 bucks right now that is that is that is some crazy this is a real company that makes money yeah it feels like it just kind of got slaughtered with the rest of like these this kind of small cap it was was also type company sort of like the covid unwind you know this was like a covid darling and then the covid unwind yeah and then everybody who bought that hype is just like annihilated and they're selling and they're selling every bounce just trying to get out i mean it's like what capitulation looks like and you want to talk about you know taking positions in the origin of the move like that's that's where we are like this is the zone that gave us hold on we're trading below like pre-covid levels right like this is fucking insane yeah it's a good point are we yeah we are damn yeah this stock in in february was february of 2020 was higher than it is now that's insane that is insane that's insane i i like this i like this for uh I like this for a 2020, uh, 2024 play for sure. Definitely going to add some. Um, man, you know we never, we haven't talked about in a bit is uh, Nvidia. I know that I know that you weren't a fan of this thing. Wait, um, hold on, it, hold on. No, what? this was literally the largest holding in my portfolio for like eight years. I know, but then like you're, you, we were just like, ah, it's getting kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. And it's like takes some. Well, I, I don't sold. Know. I, I stupidly uh, took some off the table at like three. 30 or something but i still hold quite a bit of it yeah I'm, it's I'm a, a fan 50 percent since we we're sitting around like oh man this seems kind of bubbly just goes to show you that momentum is a bitch yeah and um <laughs> valuation is not like the driver in in any type of like short-term time frame like a, a price being for sure too yeah. high can like get even stupider yeah this is just like a momentum stock this is yeah. like a stock this is like a the stock of the current zeitgeist you know yeah um god that gave you such a nice entry just using the weekly trend you just tap the just tap the bottom of it and then you never had a drawdown damn what moving average do you like to use for those uh uh so i use uh emas for trend 13 25 and 32 and okay. it makes this kind of band, so it gives you like, a, so you can kind of view like how wide or kind of narrow the band is. You, you like when when the band is like super super wide, right? Price is 
really moving a lot recently and there's some kind of uncertainty there but when the bands start like narrowing and compressing together and then also when you get that kind of um consolidating with the higher time frame bands like the red line on this chart is the 100 moving average and then the yellow is the 200 right so when you get these kind of unicorn setups where you're on like sort of higher time frames and then like all of these things start converging kind of, like look at like look at this here so in january of 2023 right before kind of the GPT mania, you actually had the exact situation I'm talking about. You basically had um, the stock bottom on the weekly trend just above the 200, and it just turbo mooned from there. But these setups, because they're like weekly set, like this setup does not come around like sometimes ever again for stocks so you gotta have you gotta have some dry powder when for when these moments exist yeah apparently i need a stock screener this would be a good this is probably something i should uh add to my process i'm not not really a big uh big screener guy well, but screener I think like a screener doesn't really help you in that scenario yeah oh, oh yeah it definitely does like something like this right it's something you can kind of filter for and then be like oh and then you look at the price action and you're like ah nah never mind but like at least it is like hey take a look at this okay well yeah i guess the screens that i typically use are all based on fundamentals so that like wouldn't help me but oh we don't do that here. <laughs> yeah right we don't we don't do that here. <laughs> we, sorry sorry I, I didn't understand anything you were saying um <laughs> All right, one more stonk that we've definitely talked about that I that I am in uh, still is uh, Snap. I don't know if you've got thoughts on uh, Snap, dude. I don't use social media at all. What am I gonna What am I gonna say about Snap? <laughs> I, I don't know. You you don't have to say anything. Don't feel obligated. It's not. I didn't like prep you for this. No, um, no. I I don't know really anything about this app at all. I mean, they have hundreds of like what are they like four? I feel like they have like four hundred million. So like people are people are still users. using this thing. Yeah, the, the massive amounts of people. And they have one of the largest, maybe the largest market share amongst like this sort of like Gen Alpha, kind of like 12-year-old to, you know, 20 cohort. Well, I remember when it was popular back when it was like sort of new and it was kind of all the rage. I didn't know that it like had any staying power. Yeah, like we're boomers for Snap, right? <laughs> yeah, so we kind of yeah. got off it. But the yeah, the kids love it. And they're much like Zoom. They're, they're doing interesting things with AI. I think they have like a micro subscription now because they've got filters and the kiddos like, you know, doing doing weird shit to their faces with the filters. And yeah, those were always pretty fun and cool. Yeah. Um, Snap is, I, I feel like it, like people have just always hated the, you know, the management team. They just... That seem to always fuck up earnings. Okay. Um, I think everybody's kind of got PTSD on it. Um, but but the stock has already done like what we're hoping Zoom and Hood do, which is it sort of went through this really long sideways consolidation period and then had a massive breakout. Like we just went up only. Um, this isn't even that long ago. This is October of 2023. Well, everything kind of pumped yeah. right after that. Everything pumped, but Snap pumped 105%, which is pretty good for a stock. That's great. It's pretty good, um, up only. It, it, it's sort of consolidating now, which I think is good and normal. You know, you can't just go up only forever. Which I think is also common of sort of everything right now, right? You kind of have this like cooling off period after a pump like that. I think they've got earnings in early February, so... 
not buying any more right now. Kind of want to see what happens there. Like I think if there's like a a good thing happens and there's some momentum, I feel like I can, I know how to get into the trade. Well, let me ask you. Let, let me ask you then, because the way you sort of uh, informed us with uh, Robinhood, where where you could see price retrace back into a zone, is that something you would look to do with uh, Snap as well? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, probably going to be looking for like a setup on you know the daily or something, not necessarily like the 15 minute. I mean, maybe if this thing is just, there's just like this holy shit moment where the market's like, oh my God, this thing is, this thing is going to $40. Then you might have to kind of be like, yeah, I got to get in on the 15 or the hour. Like I, like it's just going to, sometimes you like, it's just going to go and you know, it's going to leave you behind and then you got to kind of get those really narrow time frame entries. But like for a stock, like, I mean, even like a daily setup is, it's kind of like low time frame on some of these things, especially when I hold them for long periods of time. You know, a lot of this stuff is like weekly, monthly setups. Um, but I, I'm playing this via leaps, so there's a little bit of time sensitivity to it. But not really, right? Like, because a leap, you could go out to 2026 even. I think I have, do I have 2026? I think about 2025s, but I'm probably going to do 2026s in the next batch because I don't know, like I... I don't know. Like the, the, I did 2025s before because I was just like, oh, this is kind of just like a momentum trade, playing momentum throughout the course of this year, whatever. But um, it, it, like to your, I, I guess to support you in the leaps, uh, I think what I've seen recently is like a lot of these, um, like kind of like old tech that have gone through this like long sideways, like after making highs years ago, like the the options premiums are so cheap on the, on these like long dated options where you can just like really YOLO and get so much bang for your buck. I got to make an alert on this thing. I think we have a date with the 200 here. Snap 200. Week. We're watching Steven do an alert in that. real time. I like this. Cause I'm going to be in the trade and I'm going to forget about this. And this could be like a, this, I think this is actually a really good target for, price because you've got the beginning of this pretty high time frame order block here okay for people who aren't on the stream it's you did the 200 ema is that what you did the 200 ma okay on the weekly okay and there's there's perfect alignment you can see there's perfect alignment with the 200 and this high time frame order block these are these are big high time frame levels price is gonna run into a wall there probably so god this is a pretty good example of um all of those lines converging, like you described as well, like right, um, right at the time of the, the run up. Confluence, baby. Yeah, confluence is a thing. It's 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 best to not ignore that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I teased that you were. I forgot the exact tease. It had something to do with options. I don't know, but you were you were talking to me earlier. I think about your you you've been shorting miners and maybe some other stuff oh yeah i've been short everything like from from like year end i was short everything that we loved mm -hmm. um hurts like writing writing everything like all crypto stonks coinbase miners etc um really played that quite nicely um you know i but I, I was like pretty fearful of q1 particularly this like january time frame so i bought puts on everything um, and I thought, you know, at that time I even told you, I was like, man, my hedges aren't, aren't hedging. Right. 
because like Coinbase dropped from from 190 to to 150, and I bought 150 puts, you know, and I was like, fuck, I, I thought I would make more money than that. And now that Coinbase has dropped down to like 120, I'm like, oh God, these hedges are fucking hedging like a madman. Like I'm up, these are 5X. That's amazing. Puts. Cause like, yeah, cause I, I sold calls as a hedge mm-hmm. and it's like a situation where like, I know, I know I'm going to collect all of this premium, but nothing more. Right. So in a scenario where it stalled and went sideways, I would have made a killing. Yeah. But, and, and. God, I thought about buying some puts and I didn't and, and, and I should have. I should have used some of the proceeds to just buy some like deep out of the money puts that would have saved like basically like my entire position. Like I still hedged like a decent chunk of it. But like, man, we, we went from 180 or so to we're like a buck 20 now. It's a big move in like two weeks. Massive move. And um, insane move. OK, so some of my um, puts expire on Friday. So the January 20. 20- uh, 26th of January, Friday, tomorrow. And I'm, I'm wondering what to do here. Right. Cause like I've captured quite a bit of this, this move, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm personally still a believer that, um, we, we haven't seen the last, like the end of this, um, downturn. So I'm trying to decide what I, how I want to play this. Like I, Obviously, I'm going to take the profit on on the trade, but then what's my next move? I guess is is what I'm considering, <clears throat> and I guess like the risk return doesn't look as good now that we're at 120 as it did when we were at 190. It's not, and like you can clearly see on like the Coinbase four hour chart, like you don't have to be a freaking technician to say like we're losing momentum, right? We had these huge move, and then a another huge move and now it's kind of a puny move relative to that do we have rsi on this yeah be curious with the i mean the rsi is still printing lower lows on these down moves on the daily and on the four hour right so it does look like it still wants lower but also momentum is stalling and then also you're coming into this sort of like mega high time frame order block that starts around like 114 and like we could just dip into the very top of that zone and then and then go again like that's entirely possible that's what we did um in the fall if you'll recall like i actually thought we were going to go lower than we did in the fall um but what ended up happening i can't even find this like we just went so mega up my God, yeah, let me pull up the monthly. I think it's easier to see on the monthly. Yeah. So here on the monthly chart for coin, yeah, monthly order block here. And this is basically, call it $73 to 50 bucks, right? I mean, look what we did. We just dipped into the, Ooh. we just, just dipped our toes it's like into a it nibble. and then went. It's a nibble. Yeah, and like, that happens when you have really, really strong price action, right? It doesn't necessarily like go all the, like normally you expect like price to kind of go into you know the fifty percent right of that zone, which would have been kind of in the sixties, right? And that's that's what I was expecting. Um, and I, like I was planning on buying more there, so I didn't really add to my position because you know, I was already pretty long, and this wasn't like super high value to me. But we just 
that was wrong. We just reverse nuked into into the heavens uh, from there. But yeah, could have a similar setup here or momentum. Is, so the thing that's different this time is like look at look at the candles we had on this downtrend, right? They're all very. It's a very orderly sell-off, right? Yeah. There's no large moves. There's no gigantic gaps. Like, there's not a single. I guess there's like one, twelve-hour gap here. The final the very leg end. down. Yeah. Look what we've got in this move. I mean, these are. There is a gap. There's an enormous gap, and then after that. Another huge gap coming out of that next point of consolidation. So, so the momentum on this move down is significantly stronger. And momentum is like, it's, it's a thing. And when people say don't knife catch, like this is kind of one of those scenarios where you don't want to knife catch. Like all of the big candles and the gaps are to the downside. There's not a single big gap candle to the upside here. Um, you know, bears are in control here. And where are bulls going to step in? Like, I don't see any reason why they would step in before like 114 or so. So what the the red line is a is a moving average, and the yellow lines, uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah, yeah. So the, the 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 key levels on the daily, you you actually are going to end up in a situation, I think, where kind of by March you're going to probably have the the 200 on the daily, somewhere in this zone around like 100. 95 bucks or so which probably is pretty close to the 50% of that. Yeah. So like the 50 uh, fib level of that entire zone is about $92. That would be like a dream long. I think that'd be a really interesting long. So if you get a bounce off the in, like, look what happened. I should have used moving averages. I don't, I don't use them that much, but I, I, I should, because like, look, look what happened here. It literally just we tapped just it, tapped the 200 and then just, straight up so but this time could be different because we there's so much um more of a, a bull case for coinbase now i feel like yeah we had the same thing over the summer too i mean look look what happened here we had we basically reclaimed trend trend was in line with the 200 and then that was the last that was literally the last down candle basically until it just just went straight up so I know magic, uh, magic astrology doesn't doesn't do anything, but like it it does because everybody looks at it, everybody uses it as like a shelling point, and yep. it, it just I don't know. Price does have these reactions. You can you can you could acknowledge that and use it, or you can just cope, I guess. Yep. Um, but yeah, from high time frame daily, that sort of '90s zone is is looking pretty good. Like I would feel good buying more in there. Like I, I don't want to buy more at one fifteen. I, I don't, but I feel good buying at, at, at in the nineties. I'll be honest. I do want to buy more probably starting at one fifteen, And the reason is because I just like I'm cash rich now, just like from these puts and I'm going to look to redeploy them. I think starting a, a bit of like a DCA from one fifteen sounds fucking glorious to me. Like, Long term, one fifteen, great. Yeah, I'm kind of speaking like a trader, obviously. And like, and you can do things like buy at one fifteen, but like sell calls as well. Yeah, you right? sell like and a you can kind of do things. sell like a one forty five 
every week. Like and you can you can acquire the stock, but still sort of express that bearish bias to an extent by doing stuff like that. So I think it's an interesting play for sure. Um, you you also sold puts on miners, right? Like you you sold Mara. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, bought bought puts. Oh, on sorry, the you bought puts. Yeah. You bought puts on Mara. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, Mara's at an interesting spot now. Massive downside momentum, but now we are one, two, three, four, five straight days of consolidation. Miners have been moving up in recent uh, days, while Bitcoin has moved down possibly just getting ready for a dead cat bounce right like we could just we could have like a pretty good bounce and then just kind of retest like basically like the daily ma's here this is this is still like a this is still a decent move in in stonk land like that's that's a 20 percent move right which is for the miners is nothing right they'll just sneeze that i guess on a but day. They, you absolutely could see like a bounce here and then lower for for sure and then you get your actual final capitulation it's pretty unlikely to me honestly that we just bottom here and then go back up it it's possible but like price right now is is finding at least a temporary bottom in this this is sort of like um where are we like 16 bucks this this 16 dollar range if you pull up a chart you will see like this 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 zone here that gave you the 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 move that broke market structure on this like very key level so this zone is a really key zone because it delivered you like a really high time frame uh, market structure break so you're expecting a reaction here this is a good trade i think like i bought some today i'm actually undecided whether this is a trade or it's like going to be like my long-term position i think probably a trade unless i see some really interesting stuff on the bitcoin chart like if if we bounce but then like bitcoin just has some big daily candles and like reclaims of the yearly open and just starts to look, I might be like, Oh, maybe I'll hold it. Um, but like my base assumption right now is that we get some sort of uh, dead cat bounce and then probably go to new lows, but then anything, anything down here, like, like I, I think the MAs are going to be good here too on the miners because I agree with that. look, we have a similar situation. It's like crazy how the same thing happens on these charts. So this, this yellow line is the 50% mm -hmm. of the high time frame. Like this, you can think of this as like a mega high time frame order block. And uh, what level is that? Uh, sorry, what price is that? This is thirteen fifty. And look at look at what you have at thirteen fifty. You've got the two hundred and the one hundred. They're both going to be right there, end of February, right before the happening. Okay, guys, this is important. Yeah, I think what Stephen just pointed out is very important. Like, you don't need to rush back into these things. Like we see this massive drawdown. I, I, and I only know this just from people in the discord who are like, Oh, I'm going to buy this dip or I'm going to sell puts, you know, to like buy this dip or whatever. It's like, you don't have to rush back into this stuff. But I think what you just pointed out there, that's, that's the moment. That's the moment where you just fucking shove. And that's when I will be ready to shove. I'll definitely be looking to shove. And for people who haven't been following along, like we rode riot calls from like nine bucks and, basically sold almost the exact top at 18 you played mara and made more money than me because you're smarter than me apparently but we basically caught this whole move with no drawdown and sold the top which is great because you know at the end of last year you and i were sitting here saying like eh, we should probably de-risk a little bit probably gonna be sell the news it's literally always fucking sell the news and we were talking about the the thesis that hal published in his medium which is that like look 
price has run up already. You can see the price and coin. You can see it in MicroStrategy. You can see it in miners. Like there has been a ton of TradFi money that went into those stocks and then also into closing the Grayscale premium. Like a massive amount of money did flow into crypto, like tons. It, a lot of it was just in TradFi proxies. And we're now seeing the unwinding of that trade. I did re-add about 25 or 30% of my minor positions just because I have a long-term thesis. I don't want to like take like a short-term win and then fumble the, the long-term bag. And then like having like my feet in the water allows me to not have FOMO. And then when price dips, like I feel good. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like I'm still vast majority not deployed. And I can kind of like more objectively look at what's going on. Whereas like when I have nothing, I might be like really inclined to just like see like a green candle and then shove everything in because I think I'm missing out and it's just a fake out and it dumps lower and then I've deployed all of my ammo and now I'm underwater and it feels like super, super bad. So I really like what you said there. I really like what you said there because, you know, if I'm, I'm looking out to um, sort of the end of this cycle, which is like uh, 18 months from now, two years from now ish like that. I think Bitcoin goes to 120 K or something like a, a minor like riot right now. What, what's it trading at today? uh 1060 1060 like i i think this thing is going to be so much higher so even buying now i don't care i i I think that's still good i'm just like i guess i'm getting greedy that i I want i want lower the the more you zoom out on these charts it's like wait (laughs) (laughs) like holy shit like we're sitting here um, okay, so by the way, I think Riot was a different company. It was definitely a different company before then. But like, um, like let's just even if we just get rid of that part of the chart, like it's still, you know, we topped at eighty bucks. God. We're at ten dollars now, so we are definitely sort of micromanaging positions to an extent, right. given the We're potential like fiddling too much long-term target. But like when you, when you play the options on a move like that, that, that is possible. Um, you know, you don't have to pay that much. You pay the premium that, that is like upfront, you know what your like potential loss is and you yeah. just be okay with that. But then you get this potential upside that is fucking enormous, like to a degree that I think is like rivaling, meme coin land but with like higher probability in my mind so that I, yeah that was a way that that was i mean i don't i don't know what you did but like i i made like over 700 percent on that on that riot in move like yeah a, a month and yeah and so half. i that's I actually not, like maybe not even that's what i wanted to ask you because like i don't play meme coins like i'm kind of like on the record just being against that because i prefer this game I, I believe that when you when you play this game, particularly with options, you you can have the high probability and high magnitude versus meme coins, which is like low probability, high magnitude. Yeah, I mean, now that we have like a Bitcoin ETF and we're gonna have all these options on it, and like we're gonna have Grayscale, ETH with options, and it, like it's making me question like why I do any altcoin trading at all like you can get a similar return profile but in markets with like much better liquidity like cleaner price action 
like I've been moving more and more and more and more and more money like off chain and just into just traditional brokerage accounts because it, it's just so much easier to manage the positions. You can borrow against them. You can do all this like stuff. That's like, I mean, obviously you can borrow against stuff in crypto too, but it's, it's not, it's not the same. No, the derivatives, like this, like the derivatives are so good because you can express any view you, you possibly have. You can like turn it into like an income generating security, like whenever you want to, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Something I'm sure we'll uh, keep talking about. Um, anyway, let's get let's get on to the the, the main course here because we, we we want to talk about the the elephants in the room, which is that yeah, baby, you know, Bitcoin has been nuking. Like our last show, we were kind of on the edge of a cliff, I think, and then we went off the cliff this week. Um, had a big move. Was it Tuesday? Got the twelve hour chart. I mean, this move wasn't a super huge surprise because we had. Um, you know, prior to our last, actually, no, was this after the last episode? No, it was prior. We had, we had this like mega, mega move down, right? From, we, we had that quick wick to 49 K, but then even the, just the move from consolidation, 46,000 to 41.4, like that, like just instantly huge impulse move down. Um, not surprising that we actually ran all of the lows of the current range we're trading in like all of the lows like if i pull up like a weekly chart you'll see these are all kind of critical weekly lows the last of which being around like 40.1k or so ran that um obviously people are panicking right now like they, they should be concerned right if you pull up a four hour chart that's a four minute chart whoops yeah like if you pull up a four hour chart, this looks very bad, look ugly, right? Just it looks terrible. Um, the chart gets less bad the more you sort of zoom out. The, even if you go to like a three day chart, what's interesting on a three day chart is you actually don't even have a gap anymore on any of these moves. Um, and then obviously on the weekly, you know, depending on how we close the weekly this week, this is something I've been saying for. Uh, a bit now, but right. Like, Can you explain that um, that weekly close a little bit more? Because I I know you deem that as important, but what do you see exactly that is important about it? Look, so if we zoom way out, right, we've had this huge move that's taken place basically since November of last year, and the the question on the minds of people who trade like me and kind of think of things in terms of like, you know, like a market maker buy models, market maker sell models, where you have these sort of a periods of accumulation. And then you have an expansion phase where price moves rapidly towards a particular point of liquidity. And then you have a distribution phase and then price goes back down until it finds like some sort of new equilibrium uh, where you get new, new accumulation. And then you kind of run the cycle over again. Right. The the question in my mind is always like, okay, what part of this phase am I in? Am I in expansion? Am I in retracement? Am I in consolidation? Am I in distribution? Am I in reaccumulation? So that that's like the key question here. Price has obviously been going sideways in a range. Is this distribution? If this is distribution, we can expect lower and possibly like a lot lower like sorry we uh, i have a question for you yeah. and it's pretty pleb what what does that mean 
like, are we in distribution? What does that mean? So distribution is sort of the last phase of like the, like the, like price expansion, right? So price moves, not because you and I buy things, but because like large, large players or like sort of an amalgamation of large players buy, accumulate positions and then offload those positions. So we, we start the move after like these players have accumulated large positions and then they're typically taking point price up to a point where they can distribute, i.e. sell if you're in a buy model to people, right? And usually distribution happens above really key levels like this 48K level, for example, right? This is a key level because you have two things that happen when price goes above these levels. One, you get breakout traders who come and buy the breakout. So if you're a large player and you have huge sell orders, you want a lot of people buying the breakout and then you're sort of absorbing all of those buy orders, right? The other thing that happens is you have um, buy stops from people who shorted and put their stops above these sort of like key areas of the market, right? So if you're a large player and you need to offload an enormous position, you're going to do it like above these critical highs, right? So distribution is just the period of time in which like you typically see some sort of sideways movement and price is kind of not going anywhere or maybe it's faking out to the upside and kind of just whipsawing people because large players are just they're offloading what they sort of bought earlier, right? Reaccumulation is a period where like you have this lengthy move, the move goes for a bit and it cools off, but it's not necessarily over. Like people have taken profits we have a retracement, but people are buying back in again to sort of take it up for like another leg. Okay, right? so I, I get what you're saying. So that was very helpful. Thank you. Uh, I guess what I'm what I'm gathering now is that you're trying to determine whether or not on this chart this is a distribution or a reaccumulation. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's very helpful. So my default thought like my my instinctive thought is that like look this is the level we had a little we had a wick above this level like we ran this level for like 15 minutes or something i don't know maybe it was an hour it felt like zero time like people were just bull posting and then scrambling to delete tweets by the time like i got back from the dog park like it just <laughs> happened so fast um we went sideways here for a very long period of time. Like this is two hundred and seventeen more. Like so, if two hundred and seventy-five days basically Good of sideways. Gosh, yeah, um, felt like more when we're when you're in it. To be honest, it was the same price, right? <laughs> so, it, so the idea to me that we basically just wick above the level and we're done, or that we you know, even get 28 days of district. It, it doesn't feel to me like enough time for people to offload these back, given the length of the accumulation phase. So it's, it's, it's been my default assumption that we need to go higher. Like, like nobody even had a chance to believe that we were going high. Like nobody, people have to buy in to the, to the dream like they have to be 
mashing the the market buy button at like fifty thousand dollars, like thinking it's going to go to all time highs, like a hundred percent. If that's not happening, I I just feel like they're not able to like offload, you know, those bags in the in in the the, the quantity they need to. Like, and, and a good example of this is like you know the top in uh, in twenty twenty one. Like, look how long this took. Like from the first candle we topped out, I mean, this was 84 days of consistent like high, high, sweep the high. Like you had a lot, we set a high, we we put in a, a new high, then we swept that high, broke down, came back, retested it, and then finally had this like mega nuke. Like we just... Haven't even like we haven't even clo- we haven't even like closed the new high above the initial high we set yet. And look, it it is possible for these things to play out this way, where you, you do sometimes get like price hits this level and it just turbo nukes, and it's like, whoa, what the hell happened? It just wicked. But like, it's it's not my default assumption. Mm. So uh, so then um, using uh, I guess what you just described, like. I guess you're suggesting that this is probably more likely a, a bit of a reaccumulation. I uh, think so. the The main argument against this for me is that, like, I like to use these range projections, you know, to sort of like map out where I think moves are going to go. And like four is like a pretty good level for me. Like that's usually the the, the final spot. Like that's. <laughs> like that was pretty good for this move from the bottom like that like I marked that out of my chart as like 45.6k which was basically the range high and then we swept that and nuked so that's the one thing that like gives me pause but like I still think like we need like a more extended period of time above like that level and like like I I don't know. Like I really liked this this kind of weekly gap we had here, like around this is this is like fifty nine to sixty two thousand. Like this is definitely where people are like, oh my god, right? Because we're we're probably here in the you know high fifties, and like we've cleared forty eight k, and people are like, it's on, baby, dude. If this happens, if, if that happens. I'm going to be like, holy yeah. shit, we're back. There's no chance of ever looking back. Like, it's just on. Yeah, and, and the price is going up here, and people are like, woo. And then you get this spike into here, and people are like, yeah. Oh, no, fuck. Oh, God, we're breaking out. Wait, no, no, we get another spike up. Yeah, we're back. But then, and, then, and then nuke, right? Like, that is more of the pattern that I'm sort of used to. But again, that that is just a hypothesis. Like if things happen with like the close this week, like I have to reevaluate that. So so one of the things that I, I was saying is like what what is sort of like an invalidation for me here where I am looking at this and going like, oh, shit, like I need to like really, really hedge. When you have a reaccumulation range, you very frequently see like p- price do like we talk a lot about this idea of like accumulation, manipulation, distribution, right? It's the same in a reaccumulation range where price goes sideways and then you have a fake out move 
in a direction and people sort of panic and then that move actually reverses and then goes in the other direction. You know, we call that like people in Wyckoff call that like a spring. You call it what you want, but it's like a it's an interesting characteristic of of the, these moves. Right. So if this move this week like ends up closing like above this 40.1K low, like ideally even higher, ideally higher. I think there's some key levels here. Yeah. Like, like if we close, if we end up pushing to like 41.2, which we might do, like then you're, you're above like a, you're above like a critical monthly mid range. You've swept all the highs. You close back inside the range. Now you're like, we just, we just swept the lows of the range and we're back inside of it. Ooh, like maybe that could be bullish. May, that, that is, feels bullish to me. But okay, if, so, if, if so, we have a big move down and close outside, I'm like, mm. Okay, so let's just say that we do close um, above 41 or whatever that level is you just described. Um, so the weekly candle closes at like our time, like 1 p.m. ish on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's like what you're like. You're going to be um, tuned in to the charts. Yeah. At that moment, waiting to see where we close. Mm -hmm. And then what if we're below? I'm probably looking on the charts like where i can get in and a move in the opposite direction for sure. a move lower okay so can we pull up can we pull up that uh chris berniski tweet which yeah. is related to bitcoin price and i guess like all of crypto yeah, i guess chris, chris does not really agree with my view and, and like look chris could certainly be right i'm not a freaking savant and nobody 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 knows just to be clear nobody nobody knows this stuff for sure um, yeah, so Chris Berninski, who called the bottom and called Solana, he's kind so of like he's kind of like an OG, right? He's, he's got like some bit, cred. He's he used to work for Arc, right, with Kathy. He kind of like ran their crypto division. Yeah, he's 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 not a schmuck, um, but he 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 put out a post. Is this today? Yeah. Yeah. Continue to think we go lower to consolidate than most people expect due to variables that are too many to explain in detail via tweet. Thanks, Chris. Um, as for the denial out there, are we in denial right now? Good, good, good question. Uh, it takes time for partiers to sober up. Saw lots of drunkenness over the last month. That's fact. Factual. And I, I was one of those people like yelling at the salon people in, in, in December, right? Yeah. I, I know. You know what um, a party looks like. I know what a party looks like at this point. Yeah, and I'm no, we have no shame in taking part in the party, but I got you know, one eye, one eye on the exit. The <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like I kind of know what's up. Um, in uh, in my opinion, Bitcoin to at least thirty to thirty six k before a local bottom. I wouldn't be surprised if we test the mid to high twenties before all is said and done. We can make an actual move towards previous all time highs. Uh, path to get there will be volatile. Expect fake outs, and we'll take months. Uh, to play out, and I think that's probably the bulk of this tweet. But that's that's basically what he's saying. I won't won't bore everybody with the uh, entire thing. He does say he's not uh, majorly de-risking. He's not shorting. He's just counting his bullets, sharpening my blade. I think we go higher. I you know I basically agree with that. Yeah, I think the the last the last paragraph he's like he's talking about how we get parabolic moves like and we just saw the first parabola of this 
cycle basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with that. And I think like when you get these per- parabolic moves, then you get um, you get like a, the time to de- digest that parabolic move actually goes longer than a lot of people are like ready for. And I think that's sort of the crux of his tweet. And he's saying that, you know, we could go months of sort of like sideways, lower highs. And, and that's, that's kind of like how I actually view this thing. Um, do we get um, volatility where we can go higher on like on the chart that you uh, drew out or it goes into the fifties? Probably. Like, yeah, could happen. But then like, I'm, I'm still like Q1 sort of like bearish everything. I can certainly make a good bear case and a good bull case. Um, in my opinion, like there's not a strong reason from like a price action perspective to be like, oh, it's over for Bitcoin right now. I I think it's fifty fifty, honestly, whether this is. <laughs> I know it sounds like you're waiting for the weekly close to inform you. I, I am, you. but and even then, it's it's still just another data point. Like right. sometimes you have a thing and then like you, you just finally see that thing and you're like, oh shit, actually I am seeing this all wrong. And well, hang on. So like on your chart, can you just see how, how high we ran from like, um, mid October to, um, sort of like beginning of this year, just see what that, that price move was in percentage terms. Yeah, Cause like, I mean, it's a huge move. And that's, that's, I think what huge he's move. saying where it's just like, I mean, Bitcoin ran 80%. Like that's, that's pretty fucking high. It's a wild move. It's yeah. a wild move. And I think like when, when the move kind of ends, it, it takes a while for that to like just bounce again higher. And, and you can see what I was talking about earlier with like the moving average bands here. Like look how wide they are right now versus like where we. Yeah. And, and look, look at the same thing that happens here. We have compression of the bands. And then as soon as we reclaim the 200 week just up yeah up only um so interesting spot there i mean you definitely got a little bit of a fake out there initially which kind of wrecked people which is why markets are hard to trade because we had a similar thing happen in june and it was a bad fake out and people got burned and said we're dying we're going lower i was like where i was holding the line and screaming at the clouds Um, (laughs) good job but I don't have the conviction right now that I had over the summer. Like I'm pretty open to a bunch of possibilities over the next three months. Like I feel pretty strongly about the next 12 to 24 months. Oh, I feel so strongly about the next 12 to 24 months. I'm only talking about basically just March, like March um, of this year. And then, and then you get into election year type shit and we're going to be flying baby. Yeah. I mean, in favor of Chris here, right? Like if you pull up a Bitcoin daily chart and I, I, I kind of throw on some of these uh, key levels, right? What, what's important to note here is that this is basically like a key monthly high. And this is like a, that was, that was a terrible line. Let me draw a better line. This is, First this, time, is huh? this is a key <laughs> monthly low. So 37.5 to... 44.7 a lot of this price action is contained in this like monthly range and price is often going to one side of the range seeking liquidity going to the other side of the range seeking liquidity or going to the mid-range and 
you've got ranges on ranges on ranges. You might be in a daily range. There's a yearly range. There's a monthly range. There's an hourly range. Like there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on here. It's tricky to know like what is actually happening. But like when, when I look at this, I see, I see a monthly high, right? And, and then I see like a very obvious sort of deviation, you know, liquidity grab above that range. Totally. And then you typically test the mid-range first. We went through the mid-range, right? So for me, like a logical target is the bottom of that range, which is the previous month's low at 37.6. Like, yeah. I, I think we go there. At the same time, I'm long right now because you're going lower time frame yeah like on lower time frame like i see monday's range right monday's range is 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 a big deal right and i saw sort of like a a, a run on liquidity and then like a big impulsive move up and a reclaim of the monday low i went long pretty close to the monday low and like we're holding this right now and i think if you pull up like a yeah, like, like, I think like a two-hour chart of Bitcoin right now is like the cleanest way um, to to view a lot of this stuff. Although actually, like on the one hour, there's like an interesting thing you can see. What, what one of the things I yeah, let's go with the two. One of the things I really like to trade is like uh, inverted gaps. So you have a gap and then price reclaims it because these things typically act as support when they were, you know previous uh maybe previous resistance and and vice versa right so you have a really impulsive move down from like 40.1 all the way down to the low of the week 38.5 and then you basically get like a strong move back up through reclaiming that low right so you could argue that the move we had on tuesday this is this is like basically a range deviation of the monday range and then when you get a lot of people shorting and then you've got a lot of stops being built up, now price starts to kind of seek liquidity and it, and it runs against those people, right? And so there's, there's, there's some obvious targets for me. Um, first is going to be the monthly mid-range and then these highs here kind of in the middle around like, uh, like 41.3 or so. That's kind of my first target. That's also like an interesting area to me because that's like where we can maintain a bearish structure, right? So this zone broke the low. If we reclaim the zone, like if we run 42.1 and break that, that's a shift in structure now. So now you're not necessarily expecting price to bounce off this and go lower, right? So until that happens, like you are expecting price to sort of rally here and then go back down and kind of continue with that so trend. When, so when you're trading like a lower time frame like this, I guess um, you're, you're already long. And then would you uh, look to get out at that at that point where you drew price goes to? Or are you like checking, to, waiting to see how it responds? I'm taking profits. And then depending on whether or not I'm at the computer, like I'm maybe not doing anything and just waiting to see how it responds at a level. Because it's a terrible way to just like sell and it was just like a mega candle that never even went down. You're like, oh, I could have just put a trailing stop and it would have never gotten hit. And I'm dumb. So being glued to your computer is is pretty useful. Um, things get interesting like once we claim re, re, reclaim 40.3. Because 40.3 is the previous week's low. And now you're like, wait a minute. Are we going to run the whole weekly range now? Because that takes you up here to... 
And, and to me, that's like a pretty logical target, right? Because price doesn't like these like enormous inefficiencies. Like okay. even if we are going lower, like we have this mega zone here, like 45,000 ish that it just completely untouched. Hang on. I really like this. Um, I liked how you went high time frame for, for like most of the audience. And now we're getting into like trader land and this is cool. And I'm like learning from you right now. So when you're in one of these like low time frame trades and you're watching to see how price responds to a certain uh, magic line that you've drawn, like, do you then zoom in to even a lower time frame, like a 15 minute, a five minute? Like, are you getting, are you doing the same thing just like uh, fractally on like a lower time frame again and again? Yeah, for sure. So like the way my process works is I start on the weekly and I have like a particular bias on the weekly right now. Like when I started this week, I was like, okay, price is probably drawing towards, um, this zone here, which is a weekly fair value gap. And this was basically 38.4 to 39.9. You can see, we just sort of, we filled a huge chunk of that, basically the whole thing. And we've reacted off of that. Again, like price doesn't like gaps. Like like the market tends to want like a chance to offer or, 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 or bid at particular zones where like only one side of the order book kind of got in. Like, so you see this a lot. And then like really, really strong moves up, you typically see price wick down into that zone and then just go. Like it doesn't, so if price starts trading through that area, you're like, mm, it's not respecting the zone, which should be like a trampoline to keep pushing it up. Sort so, of like a red flag. Yeah. Like if this was a one minute chart, and like all I saw was this, right? I'd be like, wow, that's a really, really, really strong move. It took a little breather, swept some liquidity at the top, but then it's reacting off this gap, which I would expect it to. And normally I'd actually expect it to try to make a new high again off of a, of, of, of a gap like we have here. Now it's important to note that there's more context here because like this is in the context of price being in this kind of high time frame zone. Like this this zone dominates the day-to-day -day chart right now. This is like a thing that played out over the course of months. The higher time frame dominates the lower time frame. So you do have to be aware with like uh, like what time frame you're on and what you're sort of doing. But like but getting back to my process, right? Um, in the beginning of the week, right, I was looking for shorts because I thought price on the weekly wanted to draw into the zone. Once it hits it, like you've met the weekly objective. You're like, okay, there's not like a clear target on the weekly anymore. And you can start kind of going down, right? So when you go down, the next thing you look at on the daily is you're like, okay, well, price is going to want to first feel like inefficiencies on the daily. It's going to feel gaps on the daily. And you can see that one of the first things it did after taking that low was bounce into this daily gap. And you see, you got a wick into that, right? So if you, you could have taken a trade here on like the 15 minute, knowing that the daily, like a much bigger time frame, is pulling the price like a magnet up to that zone. Okay. So now let me ask you a quick question about that particular zone. Mm -hmm. Now that the price went into that, does that now sort of like remove that fair value gap as like a, a thing on the chart that like is meaningful? 
Yeah, like you could say like, okay, this this has been mitigated to a degree. It could go back into it. It could, but like once price taps into it, like its value as a magnet, like gets like sort of less and less and less because like the the sellers or the buyers like they have had a chance to like sort of operate there where a lot of them were left behind. Same thing with like su- you know uh, supply and demand zones. Like if you tap a demand zone over and over and over and over again, like eventually all the buyers have bought and like you can't necessarily expect that price is going to hold there on like the fifth tap you know it's a, it's a, a similar thing um so yeah so, I, I, so I, the, I, I guess i guess you question. would like you would look for the next thing on the chart then to be the magnet what's the next magnet right Ooh, baby another bitcoin alert bitcoin yeah. alert what happened it crossed the 41 yeah. So, so right now I'm like sort of zooming in on the four hour now because I'm like, okay, price wants to run highs, right? So if you if you know in like the 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 bigger time frames, price wants to go into an area, but that area on the daily is just a gap. But once you zoom into the four hour, you're like, oh look, there's a high, there's a high. So if I know that this zone is kind of a magnet on the daily, I zoom in. And I'm like, where are the highs within the zone, right? So I've got, I've got this, this whole area is basically an order block. This is supply that broke a critical low. When price goes back to this, it's going to be drawn to this zone and you're probably going to get a reaction. So getting drawn to the zone, running highs in that zone, these highs are sort of like a target. And that's why this is like a big take profit level for me, right? But if you zoom out, like if you get off the hourly, right, and you start looking at like the weekly, again, we're talking about weekly ranges. Like if we kind of reclaim this 40.3 level, you can start saying to yourself, okay, like, well, maybe price wants to go back to the other side of the weekly range. And then that makes sense because you also have this high time frame gap totally. that is also drawing price up to it because price is going to seek you know, buyers and sellers there that didn't have a chance to. Okay. So I totally see what you're saying. And this is so helpful. So like, but so there, there there's that green line that you circled. Um, I guess like what I'm, what I'm seeing is like that first take profit line, right? Prices is, is going to be magneted to there. Probably. Mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. When it goes there, there's going to be volatility around it, right? It's going to like, it's going to, um, be on both sides of that line for a time. Like at what point do you know, or in your mind, are you like, okay, we're actually sort of going above that. And now we're targeting these higher targets. There's a few things you can use as indicators that price is or isn't going in the direction you want. So like my default assumption in this zone is that price is going to reject and go down because that is what the daily structure is. It shouldn't violate this high. So if price runs 42.1, right? Like if it actually comes into the zone and just straight up goes there and then bounces off this little supply area here, like you get a bounce there, but like you've now broken the 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 structure. You're you're now no longer in that bare structure. Now you're like, "Ooh, like it's if like we a, took that brand high, new game. we probably want to look at the next high now. And then where's the next high? The next high is the previous week's high at 43.5 inside of this kind of big gap. But you would wait, you would wait for it to even break through all that 
all your yellow boxes. You would wait for it to break through that to like sort of confirm to you that structure is changed. Yeah, but there's there's other stuff you can use as well. Like so like gaps are like an important part of my trading. Like the concept of displacement. Displacement is when price moves like very, very strongly, rapidly through a particular level, usually leaving what we call fair value gaps. It's an indication that buyers or sellers have sort of overwhelmed the other side of the market, right? You want to be on the side of those people as a general rule. Like if there are buyers who are buying so strongly that they're gapping price up, you want to be hitching your coattails to them, mm -hmm. right? So if we enter this zone and I start seeing like bearish gaps on like the one hour, the 15 minute, that's going to be an indication to me that the sellers are in fact still in control of this zone. And maybe I want to actually TP the whole trade here. Like maybe I think the zone is going to hold and I'm going to just get out and maybe even flip short because we're going to go lower. But you can't just look at what's happening on a 15 minute or a one minute chart without having the sort of bias or the context from the higher time frame. Because if you don't, like if you just look at a one hour thing and it looks bearish, but it's happening in the context of a bullish daily zone, the market's going to say like, fuck your short. Like I'm bullish on the daily. I don't care what's happening on the five minute chart. Right. So you need to have an alignment of all of those things. And no, that, that's what happens when people get lost on the low time frames and forget what's happening. Dude, when this is, uh, this is so good. I, I think, uh, in the chat, we've had uh, we've had vibes saying like, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch this whole episode. Yeah, like I'm, I I hope we didn't go too deep there. For no, people. that was. I think we lost like ten viewers during that segment. No, um, that was that was very deep. But like, I'm sitting here learning. So like, I loved what you just said. Uh, I think it's worth rewatching because that was really fucking good. I think that would be a good rewatchable moment for people. But no. the people who just popped in off the the, the YouTube <laughs> recommendation are probably like, what? The fire hose this guy talking just in about? the face. <laughs> this guy is so high. He's taking so many mushrooms. No, this was, I, I thought this was awesome. Somebody just popped in and looked at this chart and they're like, uh <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool so, story, bro. Yeah, where's price going? <laughs> cool story, bro. Um anyway, yeah, so let's just TLDR the whole thing for people like uh, in summary like I am looking at the Bitcoin weekly close I want to sort of keep evaluating whether or not this is sort of like a distribution or sort of like a reaccumulation range um, if this is a reaccumulation range one of the things that can happen is we could actually just go back into this range and just go sideways like we could actually just go sideways here for two months that's the thing that could happen. That's the thing people forget is like an option. Yeah, yeah nobody thinks like, about that one. It's going to go up or down. Is it going up? Right. Is it going down? Well, sometimes it just goes sideways. And if we go sideways here, like alts could really, really run hard. And one of the interesting things about like Tesla that I, I think we mentioned is like I, I found it hard to buy why Tesla would go down and stocks would go up. And I think part of that is because like we've been programmed for a long time to just see the entire world as one gigantic correlated trade, like a trade that is literally just liquidity. Like we're all just trading government funny business manipulation of the markets and everything goes up and everything goes down. What's what's been interesting to me is like I, I think even within crypto, like all alts aren't going up and all alts 
aren't going down. Like there, there is, I think, more differentiation in the path of altcoins than like I have maybe ever seen in the crypto market. Like there are legit things that are flying and legit things that look like they're going to be six feet under okay. within like a month or two. I mean, should we talk about any of those? Because uh... I think we should. I think we should. So let, let's zoom way out. Let's let's just look at the the altcoin market as a whole. So let's look at total two. We looked at total three last week, but I, I want to look at total two because total two is um, includes Ethereum. So everything that's not Bitcoin. And um, if we start on the weekly chart, let me get this last moving average out of here. Let's try to make this as clean as possible. <laughs> yeah. After that last uh, seizure, we just... Gave everyone. Like, if we zoom out, like, we zoom way out, we went sideways and accumulated for a while in this range. We broke out of this range. This, to me, is very, very bullish. Now, if we trade back into this range on total two, like, if we trade back into, we start accepting below 700 billion, price, you know, goes here or something, like, that's that's bad because then you're looking like at maybe going back to the middle or even the bottom of the range again. And that's, that's no fun for anybody. Right. But like what I see right now is like a range breakout and some, you know, sideways reaccumulation action, like above the range, it's perfectly fine. Um, and we're bumping into like a, you know, just a huge inefficiency. This is going to give you a reaction most of the time like for reasons we stated earlier. So none of this is like super surprising to me on the higher time frame. I feel like at a minimum, if you break out of this range, you want to at least like hit like the the bottom of this zone here, right? At like 950 billion. Um, that's another 30% up from here in total market cap, you know, but but eventually, you know, probably take out this high and, and, and go to all time highs. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, like, I'm not in this freaking trade to just poke out of the zone and go back in. I'm like, I am like, I'm like thinking I'm targeting, uh, this, this zone with, with altcoins. Like I, I, I don't feel like they've actually moved that much. Yet. Okay. So hold on, hold on. Um, this is good. So I want to pause there. Cause I think this goes, I have a question about our previous discussion. So total two is the entire crypto market cap, excluding Bitcoin. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So that's, so that's just, um, alts plus ETH, I guess, I guess you could call it ETH and all, but like, so when you're, um, drawing this line on the chart that is, uh, targeting this level, that's 30% higher. Is that, that's like just in absolute terms, 30%, like that's the total market cap in aggregate. I so. mean like that, like, I think this goes back to the point that we talked about earlier where it's just like we're playing in like this really high risk sandbox to like make a 30% move. It's kind of like, but that's just like, this is just a trade. Like you're in this, like if you're just a long-term investor, you're in this to go up here, right? Of course, <laughs> of course. But like, you know, like you go, you're in this for 200%. And keep in mind like 200%, is everything including ETH? Like that might be a hundred percent on ETH, and then like five hundred percent on really low market cap shit coins, right? We're Hundle, looking at everything in aggregate. MNT, like, are you in? Are you in any MNT? I feel like MNT is is like kind of like 
one of the most interesting alts right now. Is Wait. it is it ma- mantle? Ma- uh, ma- oh, oh, I thought you said MMT. No, 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 not not uh, modern you, money yeah, theory like, or whatever. Are you into MMT, bro? <laughs> um, I'm actually in Manta and slaying actually. Okay. I TP'd like half the trade a little too early. We'll pull that chart up later. Um, but but I, I want to go kind of top down because I want to evaluate what Berniski's saying. Like, is there truth to it? The answer is like yes. Of of course that could happen. In my mind, on like the higher time frame, we aren't really in that panic stage yet. Now, when you zoom in a little bit, like if I zoom in on a daily chart of this, this looks really ugly, right? Because we have these zones that we've talked about, these forceful moves, these imbalances that have formed. There's like a really, really big one, but we even have like a little one here and for those of you who are just listening sorry um but you, you'll get the you'll get the gist of it right um but this the formation of this gap is a indication to me that like sellers have like overwhelmingly taken over this market. like and look what we have right we have we put in highs we sweep the highs we run the highs we close below I wasn't paying attention to this at the time. Like if I was like, as soon as I see this gap form here, like if you see sweep of high time frame level and then gap, the standard trade is you, you get in on the retrace of that gap and you actually would have just rode this whole move down hedged. Like if, but like I, it's hard to catch everything, but I was, I wasn't looking at this particular chart at the time. And these things are, yeah, I feel like I've seen ICT easy uh, to call. He's like in hindsight, really, really freaking easy to trade in hindsight. I'll tell you that. Um, but even now, right? Like we have to ask, like what I ask myself as a trader is like, where is price going? Like, what is the, the draw now on the weekly? Like, I actually think the draw is like higher, like we talked about, but that doesn't mean that in the short run, we can't go lower before going to that higher draw this is the importance of like knowing like where are you trading like are you trading on a multi-year time horizon or are you trading like three-day swings or something um but when i see this move like my first thought is like okay where is the liquidity and where is the liquidity well we swept some of it here right we have this low we have this low we have this low so we get all these lows that are untapped and then they are all sitting right above like a sort of like fat zone here. So, and then you can see on the left, like our do not go back inside zone, right? But we can have something happen. Like we could have like a wick. I think what's actually probably going to happen is we, we trade up here. Everything sold off a lot. We get a bounce. We get a lot of bounces and alts. People you are know, like, oh, we're so fucking back, baby. But what happens actually is we just run all this. and But then I, you want to see like a wick here, like a quick bounce, get the fuck out of that zone, back up, and then... Otherwise, we're like, we're otherwise Berniski is right. Otherwise, like it's... Yeah, like if we go back into this other box and just start accepting back into the... Pre, like That's... I don't want to see that. That's, that's really bad. I guess um, I just like... Ah, oh man. To our previous discussion, I, I look at this and I'm just like we're accepting too much risk for uh, not a high enough return in, in this time frame. I would just 
rather do something else. <laughs> Literally can get 40% in Verizon. Why the fuck am I doing this? It's a valid question. Oh, we definitely fucked people up on the stream. Jaker said he's eight minutes behind and having a seizure. Sorry, Jaker. What happened? <laughs> I oh oh that was just like our our yeah yeah look okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry guys I did make a mental note to myself to not get too traitor on the show but like Eric had some questions they were good questions Dude. we followed we followed the rabbit down the hole I'm sorry just skip over that part if it was too much no that was my bad because um I find it fascinating it's good info it's no, good info I thought I thought what you shared was like fucking uh alpha emoji you know that little weed emoji I thought it was pure weed emoji and i learned a lot and that's why i kept asking because it was like so good but i get how it can be fucking overwhelming because like i've i've gone through ict dude like i've i've like i've learned some of this shit so when you tell me like i'm i'm kind of like i'm not in just like first grade i'm in like third grade okay that's cool <laughs> um yeah it's a lot easier for people who like the casuals who follow this but like who are in the market it's a lot easier to just be on the weekly and like where is support on weekly, yeah, right, right. Where is big moving average? Yeah, you okay, did. Okay, like I buy there, I sell. Where's big high? I sell at big high. You, know, you did, it's you like, did do that first though. So to your credit, like you did give him that. Yeah, and then it got a little crazy. Um, but yeah, like my current plan is to basically like heavily de-risk in this box. Like if we get a bounce up here next week, even Bitcoin holding the line, like I think we could still see a spot where Bitcoin holds the line. But actually, like the market just keeps bleeding like crazy on alts, and that's kind of what the charts are telling me right now is that alts want to go down. In aggregate, Bitcoin unclear on whether it wants to hold the line, but I think alts go down 100% if Bitcoin doesn't hold the line, and they also go down a percentage of the time that Bitcoin does hold the line anyway. So it's it, it's kind of a rough bet right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for spots to kind of hedge alts in this, in, in this area. And, and, and for me, like if, if I look at this chart and we go back up here, you know, like, uh, 800 billion or so reclaim that I'm like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can start thinking about getting back in again. But like, I, I want to really, really be a buyer of alts if we kind of trade back into this zone, because I, I'm still like super long-term bullish, Same, you know? Um, and, and like, what am I looking at right now for all? It's like, my main thing is still ETH and ETH beta. Like that, that was a good trade for a week. It is heavily reversed. Thank freaking God. I actually sold and took profits. Like I had to hit myself on the head because sometimes you're like, this trade is so obvious. It's going to keep going. And then you just have to slap yourself so <laughs> i only i only gave like half of the trade back which is nice uh, but like the, the the big question for me right now is like eth and eth keeps like just really thank god we finally show an eth chart here's sake. the eth chart it, it looks bad like it looks really really bad i i, I hate this chart right now hold because, on uh because uh, i i follow you on twitter sir and you said plug your nose and buy here if you like eth yeah <laughs> so start with that yeah i mean if you're wrong you're you know you don't lose too much you know <laughs> and it's just like all over but like when when you this is similar to what happened on coin so the reason i shorted or hedged coinbase was because we had a specific thing happen we had a we had a range form right 
So there's your range. We had big impulsive move out of range, and then it just big impulsive move back in. See that? So that's the manipulation. Gap, gap, and then this basically becomes like a deviation. Now, if you pull up the coin chart, like if we go here, and this happened on the coin on a lower time frame, which is why it was kind of a sketchy trade for me. Like I did this tr coin trade on the hourly, which is not something I like to do, but like I, I just knew it. And I, st I still have it kind of circled here. This is what happened on coin. The context is we're in a high time frame zone where I'm expecting us, like you can see this line here. Yeah. That's like that's like a that's line that's that big was line. A high time. That's frame important line. line. That's yeah. like monthly line. Like oh my god, line bad. Um, and like it, it's so clean what happened. Like you form a little consolidation, you go up forcefully above the line, and then what happens? You 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 forcefully go back into the range. Deviation in the context of big level. Like as soon as this happened, like somebody in the Discord was like, I didn't see an entry here. And he's true. Like, if you follow like the sort of like uh, ICT trader main, like what, like you, you look for the break, you get in on the retrace into the gap, and then you go. But like this move was just like gap, 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 goodbye. Yeah, Sorry, right. Later. It never like went back into the later, zone. Later, fucko. Um, so one one kind of rule of thumb I sometimes have is like when I see like two consecutive gaps like that, and I'm just like, okay, range out back in high time flame level gap gap if we lose this it's just nuking i'm just like fuck it short yeah and then like i'll i'll cut it like if it looks like it's going back above but i just like yeah i just i just okay so there. help people um let's help. go back to let's go back to no hold on i, I want to do this coin thing real quick okay. just because when you when you like went short right it was like a, it, your version of hedging and you know i talked about my version of buying puts but like you sold calls and I'm interested in this because I sell calls all the time, but I do it for like income generation, not as like a, a, a hedge against my longs. Like what level did you choose to sell um, your calls as, as a hedge here? I sold in the money. I sold, I think 160 or 165. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to me. Cause like typically when I'm looking for income generation, I'll sell like out of the money. But you sold in the money. Yeah, I wasn't making an income generation play. I was making like a, I was playing like price. I was playing delta. It's a high delta uh -huh. call, which means it moves very highly correlated with price, and you're not going to get these moves in volatility that fuck you. Right? Okay. That happens a lot when you trade out. You think you're, you think you're making like a bet on the price action, but actually the option it just goes up or down because of volatility, and then price right. goes in your favor, and then vol goes down and then you don't make any money and you're right. like what happened right so this one you you sold 160 and you got paid handsomely very handsomely for that 160 that you sold i'm sure of it because fall was high and yeah. that was deeply in the money yeah so that, that's like a, a very good hedge i like that yeah i, I basically got like almost like 20 percent of my whole yeah like stack on that like doing premium there so it was it was it was pretty juicy um anyway Back to ETH. Let, yeah. Let's talk about ETH. Yeah, let's, back let's, to ETH. let's talk about ETH from like a non uh, chart perspective here, just because I think there's probably a lot of people who are losing their minds right now. And sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little lost in the. In let's the, not get the too lost uh, in in the in the scoss here. Um, what what happened was ETF is approved. 
Bitcoin goes up, people go, ooh, what's next? ETH. And then we see the reversal in ETH BTC. And then everybody piles on the ETH trade because ETH is next. Then people see the grayscale thing. And then the market, I think, goes, wait a minute. ETH has a grayscale trust too with an even bigger discount, I think, that people is that like are bidding up 15% to right now. It's yeah, like 15% it was, today. Like, yeah, and it was way worse than Bitcoin at, yeah. at the bottom, I'm pretty sure. Um, feel free to fact check me on no, that. No, I think it went down to like 33% or something. Like yeah. The discount was insane. And then the market was like, oh, fuck. Like, even if this ETF does happen, the same thing is going to happen again. And then like ETH just went in the shitter. Like if you pull up... Uh, like an ETH BTC chart, you can kind of see what's happened there. Why do I not have ETH BTC loaded on this? That's my fault. Uh, but yeah, if you pull up an ETH BTC chart, you can see the big we had big move up. Everybody's like, woo, ETH to Valhalla, and then we just nuked, right? And now we're back down at 0.055. We peaked at 0.061. Like this pretty pretty solid move from the the peak to where we are now, we just ate like 10% on the ratio, which was like a pretty big move. Um, I, I think it's like an interesting question of like, did we actually already price this whole thing in? Like one of the things that happens in, in, in markets is like you have like an unexpected event and then like something happens in the price because like the, sort of you know dollar weighted average of the market was not expecting that and then because you you had that outcome price suddenly moves like a lot in a particular direction because that that was not what the expectations were pricing in then you have another thing happen and then the market is like the people in the market are like oh i've seen this before i need to sell right but then everybody has already learned that that's what happened and then everybody sells and then what ends up happening is like before this ETF is even live before, like it's even clear that anything is going to be approved at all. Like it's actually already maybe priced in all of the, the GPT scenario. maybe like me, maybe even like over yeah. sort of compensated to the other direction. Right. So there can be a point where we actually go too far the other way because people think the same thing's going to happen, but actually the market has now learned and like, there's no edge in that anymore. And then people go actually the the wrong way. God, I could fucking steal man this. Like, imagine by August when when the deadline is for the ETH ETF approval. Like, Bitcoin inflows actually are just only positive, and Bitcoin prices higher. Like, and we have this like expectation of downside. And if this thing just spring loads the other way, yeah, I I I see a lot of catalysts for a spring up right now. People are <laughs> really dark because we've just been logging into Twitter first thing in the morning and everybody's pulling up like Arkham Intelligence and they're like, wow, Grayscale sent uh, 642,000 Bitcoin. I didn't even know that was <laughs> yeah, that many. Right, right. Um, and they like psyops this the other day. Did you see that? No. Oh my God, dude. Like they sent like, like, like I f- they sent like some low number initially. Like I feel like they've been no, selling like fifteen thousand or right. twenty thousand. They did start with like they ninety, like, ninety uh, in the morning or something like but that. But it was worse than that because ninety people were like. But like there was like a transfer I think where they they transferred like a couple thousand and people were like, 
oh, it's over. It's, it's over. over. And then they just came through. And, like, <laughs> yeah. like, and here's another 15K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, there's there's so much trauma in the market. Um, but it's possible that, like, we're at the point now where the market's actually almost completely priced in the GBT see flows and I, I know there's some people who say like oh you can't price in flows because i think there's some truth to that but like also like there can certainly be people who are like oh this is going to dump in the coming months i'm going to just max short on perps and futures and right yeah they I, can kind of get off sides actually i think so um so i question whether we are like we're at sometimes at a point where like there's so much bad news in the freaking market that one day comes in where it's actually like over or it's like less it's just not that bad like it's still happening and it's not that bad and then suddenly like price goes up and then the people who got like over their skis shorting get liquidated and price goes up more and then people are like yeah it's on and they get a little confidence and they buy and then the guy who wasn't that over his skis he still gets liquidated liquidated and then you end up with like a, a massive short squeeze and suddenly we're going the other direction so definitely something <laughs> like I got, I got to imagine on my radar i got to imagine celsius runs out of eth to sell to like, like he's been getting dumped on so hard so bad just, celsius celsius has been dumping right and then like people were just dumping eth for btc because of the etf and it was just a better trade right so people were like screw that and then people were like okay even if like there is an etf trade like why would i buy eth like i just buy G, like grayscale ETH because there's like a built-in discount and then all the money flows there instead of spot ETH yeah. while Celsius is dumping ETH and now and now on top of all that you have people front running the future <laughs> future grayscale dump of ETH Dude, can I can I run can I can I run like a like a I don't this this might sound fucking so redacted but I actually believe in this too where it's like the Verizon the Verizon trade actually applies to ETH as well here. ETH is yielding 3% or whatever um, on like, you know, like a liquid staking token. Not, you, not meth. <laughs> okay, yeah, meth is like double, seven, <laughs> seven and a half or whatever. <laughs> but like imagine that you're you're getting 3% on like, say, say ETH goes down to 1,700 or like just, I don't even want to say that, but like whatever, wherever it goes down to, even at 2K, you're buying ETH and you're getting 3%. But then ETH goes up to 9K. Okay, that yield in ETH terms stays at three percent, but against your cost, you're actually getting nine percent yield on your cost, and you can just hold that forever, capturing that that nine percent yield. And you actually like in in like Nick land, you actually measure your yield this way, like in in like stock land, you actually measure the dividend against its current price. But in, in Nick land with real estate, that's how you measure your yield is against your cost. And like when you buy ETH low and you still capture that yield, like now you're playing Nick game with something that can move in a, in a very upward manner very quickly. And I, the, this is basically like why I can't get off of ETH. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I, I like I. I think most of us believe we do a ten x from here, like throughout the course of our lifetimes. I don't think that's crazy. Like if you believe any, like that could happen this cycle if we go, some crazy shit happens. You you just never know in crypto. It's certainly not my base case, but. Um, 
but yeah, like if if yield is able to, and this is a big if, like is able to kind of remain around three percent, and you do a ten x, then yeah, you're sitting on like thirty percent on your initial yeah capital, dude. which is and like cool. imagine imagine the me's of the world that's getting jacked up on like a an eleven percent Verizon yield on my cost, and Nick is getting jacked up on his like five percent cash on cash return in real estate land. And you can do that same game in ETH, but you have like massive upside capital gains perspective. Like this beats everything from like a, a risk return, Sortino ratio, everything that I look at, ETH is the way. Yeah. And, and you're not even factoring in like, like we've got like, okay, I actually want to caveat this with like, we've got uh, obviously Eigenlayer is a big thing right now. Probably going to be the biggest airdrop of all time restaking is going to be a huge narrative um we're going to be seeing like really high yields presumably for that i still don't really understand what they, I, like i understand what restaking is but i'm still like not i feel like i'm not gra- i feel like people are shilling me something and i'm not grasping like wait who are the people who are going to just be paying out for this ETH security and then like how many of them there have to be how many tokens are they actually giving where it like actually is like a meaningful impact you know maybe the reality of it doesn't but like for now the narrative is the hope of it is is, is so strong yeah I agree with you like uh, like from like an actual like yield enhancement in in reality it probably like underwhelms compared to what our expectations are because like the yield that we actually squeeze out from from ETH security on like some other protocol is actually going to be like almost non-material. I'm imagining. And I've seen I've seen like smart people tweet about this where it's like you're going to get like ten basis points extra or something. And maybe that's the way. Yeah. Maybe that's the way uh, it goes. But the narrative is going to be pretty fucking cool. Seems plausible, for sure. Um, but but yeah, like assuming you believe all this shit about ETH, right? And like like. I, I checked uh, I checked Polymarket, and I think the odds of ETH ETF approval by May were like fifty one percent. The last time I checked by May, <laughs> I was looking at ETH this morning at in the twenty one hundreds, and I was like, is twenty one hundred dollar ETH like sitting at weekly support after like a range breakout? Is that an appropriate price for a 51% chance of like an ETF like f- three or four months from now? No, it seems that seems like a good that seems like a really good bet to me. And I've been hurt a lot, obviously, but I, I'm, re- I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. But like I would in this moment, I'm like willing to um, just acquiesce to the the candles because like it, when something seems too good to be true. It usually is, and I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I missing here? Because like, to to get an entry this good, just seems too good to be true, for for as long as we've had the opportunity. That's how I felt this summer, and it wasn't too good to be true. It, it's just like so weird how you get to these points in this market where like the sentiment and the price becomes so freaking disconnected with the reality of what's happening. 
Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's the point where it's like these markets are still so small and inefficient that you can have like incredible deviations from like intrinsic value that we're not used to seeing anymore in more developed markets. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the ETH chart, I'm just like, okay, you can buy here. If it goes back under here, yeah, it's probably over for a bit. And like, we probably go back down into the 16s, like God willing, you know, there, there is a nuclear scenario where things go bad and we just take out all this liquidity and we go back down to like 1200 or something. Like once you go back into the range after like a failed breakout, it's not good. Okay. So let me just, let me just, um, bring up a point related to that. So like, Imagine if ETH goes into the 16s or whatever, 17s, 18s. Like, imagine it gets really fucking disgusting. Like, what a fucking time to buy. But also, I'm be looking to buy. Everybody, everybody will be terrified. And yeah, no one's gonna want to buy. But also, like, can I can I talk about ETHE, the yeah. grayscale one? Because like, that's at a 15, 16 percent discount today. That discount's gonna widen as as like fear. Um, gross. It might be. I, I'm considering whether it's like max width right now. To be honest, like it, yeah, maybe maybe now. But like, yeah, at like maximum grayscale fud. Dude, ETHE is buying eighteen hundred dollar ETH today. So I've I, I've I've been thinking about this actually because I I do have this Bitcoin miner position, but like I'm also not really that bullish on Bitcoin relative to ETH. Like I, I think that the sort of structural like issues for Bitcoin are, are really bad right now. You got all this like structural selling. There's still like all this like uncertainty in the future with like the fee markets and everything. It just had like its peak moment. Like that was like the yeah, greatest right. moment in the history of Bitcoin. Like now what, right? right. Meanwhile, you've got ETH, you've got deflationary narrative you've got the etf narrative you get restaking coming on you've got like peak solana hype sort of waning and people maybe are going to come back to the the layer two um thesis we've got the the big eip coming out like see all this stuff in the pipeline and i'm like wait a minute like should i just roll all my bitcoin miners into grayscale calls like ETH calls? well like yeah so the, unfortunately they don't have options on the the ethe oh they don't no not that until there's me. like a spot uh, uh a spot ETF. Well, thank you for breaking my heart. But I, I even think just buying ETH common is going to be fucking really nice. Yeah, I should just roll all of the Bitcoin exposure in my TradFi account just into that. Dude, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how how like how into it um, you are, right? Like I, I see all this that you're doing, and I'm I'm like. I'm awestruck often at like what you're seeing at like these different uh, low time frame charts and everything. And I kind of feel like to me, it's like, it feels like we're on a boat. It feels like we're on a boat together. And on this boat, you're like lying on the ground, rubbing your face against the fucking asphalt of the boat. And I'm like sitting in a lawn chair and I feel like just owning ETHE is just the, the easiest path, like you're just sitting on the boat in a comfortable chair and you're just riding your way to, uh, to it's a good trade. Profitability. It, should be, it should be like a e- easy quote unquote, it should be easy double up. Like, right. Because 
I think it's a crime that ETH is not like thirty six hundred dollars. Honestly, like I feel like every day I'm being trolled. You know, like Nasdaq <laughs> yeah. all time high, Bitcoin has yeah. run up. I'm like, does the market not see what is like sitting right in front of people's like faces right now? And then like I, I look at the setup like on the chart like this, right? And I'm just like, okay, like you don't have to be a freaking rocket scientist to look at this, right? You're like, okay, price can go here. Or it can go like there and then you're fucked and you get out. And it's here right now. You're like, okay, <laughs> that's a pretty big distance this way. That's a lot. That's a big line. And that's a small line. <laughs> Seems like a pretty good trade. And we've broken out. It's just holding week after week after week right above, right on this level. I'm like, am I just being absolutely psyops right now or is this like not like the the easiest long in the history of the world now though don't get me wrong i think like because i did i did say that altcoins in total look really bad and this chart looks really really fucking ugly like i, I do feel like there's a very high chance we just wipe all all of these lows out right and just be very scary for people if we dip to like 1975 or something like you imagine that just mega nuke down there but then you want to see, like, again, the big recovery back above that line. And then that's like, if that happens, then it's shove. I, I am just, I'm selling my dog. I am, <laughs> it's just everything. Is, shove. You're shoving. Just shoving everything. Um, but for now, I'm just still wondering, like, oh, God, like, I wonder if I should be, I wonder if I should be buying more here um, right now. But yeah, like, when I look at total, it looks kind of whack. Um, Anyway, some other ways I'm considering playing ETH, like we've talked about a lot of these. I actually rolled, I, I was talking to the Discord how I actually just put all of like my Arbitrum and OP exposure into other coins because I thought the Arbitrum and OP charts looked kind of bad. But like we've, we've talked about Pendle a lot as like a restaking go, play. Go, go, gadget, this, Pendle. This is the ETH ratio. This thing is just up what the fuck? bigly. And then the, the dollar chart, like we're... Like I caught like a nice thirty percent. Oh my god, this is a big move. Yeah, like I, I made a similar um, like Monday range play um, with Pendle, right? Kind of got in on the Monday low here the other day, and that that, that was a nice trade. So we we took that from two dollars, and now we're at uh, two fifty six. So thirty that's thirty percent move. I mean, it's looking good, and like Blur is teasing me and it, it broke my heart with a little fake out yesterday and I kind of came back into the range but you know oftentimes price moves where you have like kind of this area that gives you a breakout and then you get one tap two taps double bottom up only so I'm hoping that's what happened here um and like I, I could kind of see this coinciding with like maybe like a Bitcoin range play again. So like tie, ties into what we were talking about. Some also look good. Some also look bad. Like if I pull up like an OP chart, like this chart has looked so freaking AIDS to me for so long. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say that. Am I getting canceled for that? No, I'll allow it. Like this, like do you want along this chart or do you want along Pendle? Like this chart looks terrible. God, Pendle is an unstoppable train you know, do you want along that chart or you know do you want along like the thematic chart do you want along that chart what about mnt no oh good 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 call because um 
So we have Mantle and Manta, right? Yeah. Which confuses me. Like, I'm actually in Manta as well. This gave, like, a really nice setup. I actually want to talk about this because this is giving me vibes of another play that I just entered into today. Sorry, guys. We buried the alpha, like, two two hours into the damn podcast. There's an Easter egg for everybody know, who stuck around. an Easter egg for everybody who stuck around. So Manta, you had this, like, very interesting setup that... I, I, I t- this is like one of the setups I, I, I take and I, I talk about a lot, right? So we sort of like identify like a zone that gives like a really high time frame structure break. So price went down here, you know, in sort of like the 225 range, big move back up. And then what happens? We get, we get a tap into the zone and then a second tap. Don't take out the low, and then we rip, right? So I got in on this thing, I think. I I just, like, bought in this zone, like, around, like, 2.30, and, like, we we ripped at 3.35, so really, really sick move. Um, But the reason I want to bring this chart up is because there's there's another play I'm in right now, um, and, again, uh, Past uh, past performance is no guarantee of future results, but... Okay, so... um, Okay, yeah. Ondo. Ondo Finance. Oh, my God. This is the um, bringing treasury bills onto... This is an RWA play. Yeah, brand new token. So, fresh chart. Oh, fresh chart. Fresh chart, baby. Um, Very similar setup to me that I see here that I took. Again, you you got a zone here that gives you the big move up and then you get one tap two taps we even maybe have a double bottom within the double bottom happening so i i took a long from here and then i i I stacked um i stacked some more limit bids even all the way down like below these lows and i would be quick to get out of that like if i didn't see the good reaction like i want to see like a strong wick out of there not like price lingering um but i i think this is kind of an interesting trade like huge area of consolidation, big move up, tap, tap. We've got like a lot of other ETH stuff performing really, really well. Fresh chart. Okay, I love that you don't took get it. wrecked on this. Please don't blindly just copy trade me. But like I, I did this. And I love that you I, did this I, like I, within yeah, the last twenty four hours. I love that you did this within the last twenty four hours. That's awesome. I, I did but, this. I did this literally like uh, thirty minutes before I came here. Okay, you've done this within the last like four hours. I love that. Uh, and the chart looks really good to you. I love that. I think the problem I have with it is like, who the fuck wants? treasury bills on chain in an environment where price is actually going higher you're just thinking way too much man it's It's just like that's way too much thinking too much way too much thinking i i i don't i don't even know what like i don't even need to know i don't even know what the the coin does you don't have have no idea you don't have to i I have no idea like there's certain the space is i don't i don't want to come across as like flippant but there's so much freaking information in this space and such a high percentage of it is just absolute fucking bullshit that you have to be very selective. But like, like I know a lot about Ethereum. I know a lot about Bitcoin. I think I know like a pretty good amount about Solana. And like, I, I understand like the sort of, you know, whole modular monolithic debate, you yeah. know, like I, I think that stuff matters. I can't get into the nuances of how like, like all 10,000 like shit coins on CoinGecko are like, cause it's just like, it's just silly, and like the 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 chart to me reflects 
what other people think about it, and I can just see what the market thinks and okay. just buy when the market is bullish. Okay, I can like. But I, but I don't want to like poo poo that. I think it is fun to talk about this sometimes. No, so I some can, people probably do care about like this. Well, I can I can like left curve it with you, and by that I can just be like, oh, RWAs, like real world assets on chain. That narrative is compelling. Real world assets on chain is compelling. This is an example of real world assets that people love. Mm -hmm. Like one of the biggest asset classes on earth is treasury bills. Probably maybe the biggest. There are a lot of people who are the smarter than me who think that, you know, very, 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 very large volumes of T-bills are going to come on chain. And yeah, I don't know. Ondo is probably a very tiny market cap, I'm guessing. Here, I'll let's look it up. We'll look it up for the viewers. We won't leave them hanging like that. What is the market cap of Ondo? It is three hundred and twenty million. Okay, two point two billion fully diluted, but like we, I don't care about that in a bull market. Actually, nobody cares about any of that. Nobody I, cares. Like but at the end of the day. Yeah, like if if you end up with if you bring like twenty billion dollars of T bills on chain, and then it's a tiny market cap, like or if people even dream about the possibility of it, like these these things can run so much. So, right. um, definitely don't size big on these coins. They just move a lot. Like you're in, you're. Really, your invalidation is like twenty two percent lower. Like that's a pretty, it's a pretty big move. Um, like for, to just really lose that whole zone. Um, but the upside, you know, is pretty good. Anyway, what was the last thing you wanted? To, by the way, if anybody, uh, anybody in the chat, I, I'm sorry, I've been uh, not really uh, paying attention. Oh no, to I wanted a MNT, the the layer you wanted two. Wanted MNT. Okay, we'll we'll do mantle, that. And if, the layer if anybody two. anybody in the chat, uh, vibes wants you to know that ETH is trying to shake you out. I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken out of ETH vibes. Shake out vibes. Yeah, if anybody has any uh, requests, we'll try to get to one or one or two of them before we, we end. Um, but you wanted to look at Mantle. Yeah, this is a, a layer two What's the ETH. MNT, yeah, that's right. MNT. And this is the one that has the, the meth, you know, like the ETH 7.5% yield. <sighs> yeah, I don't own any of this right now. And I know I'm going to cry when I look at the chart because I know it's probably such an obvious buy. Oh, wow. Actually. No, it's pulled back. Substantially, chart does not look like what I thought it would. Ooh, this is a, this is an interesting spot. So weekly, uh, weekly block, baby. Okay, okay. Um, this is certainly. Like, I, I mean, I can already tell this is a zone, or I would at least be like interested in taking a trade out of. Because even if I don't think this is going to go to Valhalla, for Valhalla, instance. right? Like I, I, I still see like a gigantic wick here. And price likes to fill wicks, right? So if I just take like the fifty percent of the wick as a target, that's a big move. That, okay, that's good. So sixty-two to seventy-five. On this chart so. that you you like pulled a wick, is that like a a weekly? Is that what you were looking at? Yes, yeah, it's like a weekly wick. And, you know, and then I'll zoom in to the daily and see what that looks like. Are there particular zones that are obvious on the daily? Um, like when I look at the daily, I'm basically like, okay, this this zone here is basically an order block that hasn't been traded into yet um so that might be like an even more conservative target okay so with that conservative target uh what's the how far away from that target are we right now like where are we at now i mean even like the mid-range of the conservative target that's a 15 percent move like it's a pretty substantial move um, i'm not gonna trade that for 15 percent, but yeah but like this this is me like basically scalping yeah right? you're poo-pooing the like yeah because if you get an entry you know, near here, and you kind of set your risk there, and you take a take profit there. It, it's a two to one trade. Like you don't have to be right 
very often on two to one trades to to make money. I like that. That's like a. It's still two R, right? Is that the right terminology? Two R. You can also you can also like take half profit here, go to break even, and just like leave runners. And if it just runs, it runs. Like I like doing that a lot on these. Like I'm still in a Tia position from like three dollars or something. I sold. I actually sold seventy five percent of the position, which pains me now because I look at the. I look at the, my current PNL is four times the PNL I initially took profit at, and that's with only twenty five percent of the trades still on. <laughs> so. No, but that, I think that's actually good because, like, you know, you leave a runner. You always leave a runner, and like, you never get mad when you make money. And now you have the runner. Yeah, we like the runners. Um, anyway, yeah, Mantle is like an interesting zone to buy. Blindly buying here is sketchy because, like, you do have so much downside momentum but it is in a zone that has like a high probability of holding but sometimes when i see like all that downside momentum even though it's like kind of in the zone i want to buy i want to wait for consolidation maybe like like a consolidation and then like a sweep in that zone is like that you know you're you're kind of increasing the probability you're right but you're also increasing the probability that like you know, made just V bottoms and just runs without you. And you're like, oh, I'm a moron. So, you know, different, different strokes for, for, for different folks. And, and like, fuck, if Chris Berninski's right, then any of these trades are going to be fucked. Hmm. All right. Tunsky wants to check out Metis. We'll look at Metis. This is another thing I should have bought that I didn't buy. Uh, this will be our last, last chart of the night, man. This is a long episode. It just goes by so fast, man. We still got most of the chat in there. You guys are you guys are troopers. You went through you went through an entire uh, seizure inducing trading lesson. <laughs> okay, uh, man, this thing ran hard. Oh, oh, what an obvious play. God, this is just December. Ran five hundred percent from mid December. Okay. Is this uh, Short Town? Maybe? Okay. Uh, is this Short Town? Uh, I don't know. I just pulled the chart up. I just pulled the chart up. I don't know. This this area we're in is 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 like a very you know high time frame supply. You're you're definitely expecting a reaction out of that. It's it it's. It's one of those areas where it's probably a very interesting area to trade. Like, because of the area we're bouncing off of, it, it's not like a given to me that it, it makes new highs from here. This is like a pretty large area of consolidation. So I think like you have, you could frame a trade where, you know, you go from $80 up to this gap here, like 102 bucks, maybe even this gap here, like 111 bucks. Like, that, that, that's a good move. That's a good move. Like, you can capture like 40% damn on that move. Right. And you're just, you're just playing like, you're like, you're just assuming it's a dead cat bounce. You're just assuming it like kind of traps people thinking like, this is like the support zone. And then, you know, we go lower. Um, you know, so it's an interesting play. I'm actually going to add it to my watch list. Add it to my watch list. Congrats, Tonsky. You added something to Steven's watch list. Um, but yeah, do, do you want to accumulate a position here for like forever? Yeah, like I don't, I don't hate it. It's not like a 
a bad area. It's just, it's just rejecting off like a really big boy area. So it would, it would shock me zero percent if it just runs all like we had this like huge move up just from nothing. It, it shocked me zero percent to basically just run all of this liquidity in like the seventy dollar range, trade back into the you know the fifties. That's a, that's a pretty nasty move from here. And and again, like you look at all the momentum you have coming down, one, two gaps, two two very big gaps on the on the daily. So a little bit of a little bit of knife catching and, and high probability that we just bounce off those gaps and then continue lower. So really like it as a trade uh, set up. Going to look at it. I don't know what you're in the mood for, Tensky. Probably uh, probably. All right, Ollie, we'll do one more for you. Ollie wants Sui. I've been like buying Sui. I've I've actually been accumulating a decent sized Sui position because I I put all these like what I thought were like kind of stink bids down at like a dollar ten when it was a dollar forty four and then it hit them in like three days. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm actually looking at this chart, wondering if I should sell. Mm. This is like one of those situations I worry about. You get like a huge run up, you get the bounce off the gap. But then maybe that's just a lower high. Um, Sui looks really good. Like if we can get it in like the eighties, I would, I would like that. Um, I like I yeah I like I like the eighties for this long term. Like I, I'm in like a perps trade on it right now, but I might, yeah. I might cut it just in context with kind of how I feel about the the larger market and I don't know. I haven't looked at this trade. I'm in the position and I haven't looked at the chart that much because it's like a small position. But yeah, Uh, this is this is kind of the zone here that you wanted to see it ideally run this high to give you an indication it wants to go higher. Like as of now, default assumption is probably that it just makes new lows i think um but i i think if we come back above 130 or so you know yeah maybe that maybe that could be the bottom but i don't know like i would i would be greedy on this one maybe buy like a little bit if you don't own any but like i i think it would just suck to buy here and then eat like 30 percent and like the the best case especially when there's like such a high chance it goes back down here so it's kind of my uh Initial reaction, looking at the chart, as always, uh, as always, could be wrong. All right, let's leave these people wanting more for next week. Yeah, that's enough, guys. Like, God, I, I love that in my head. I thought I was gonna do like a one-hour podcast when I started the show. Oh, you've been saying it for two years. Yeah, I know. I, I gotta, <laughs> gotta. Next time you ask me advanced trading questions, we're gonna have, <laughs> I'm gonna have like a buzzer, like a giant flag that unfurls. No. No, we're going to get a lot of uh, rewatches. That's good. Yeah, a lot of rewatch value. Get those U- yeah, YouTube engagement up. Um, anyway, thanks, everybody, for... If you're still uh, here, please like the video because uh, I feel like this was some good shit. I forgot to... Yeah, we got we get a good amount of people liking it. You guys are you guys are well-trained. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think we had some good stuff in there today. Well, Obviously, all of it won't come true, but you know, I'm trying to be right like half the time with really, really good risk reward. You know, I'm not trying to nail everything 100. percent I think that's true, and also um, some of these things were like 
fish, right? You like give some fish, like here's the trade. And then a lot of like a lot L- of what we talk about was educational like, content. Like teaching people how to fish. You taught me how to fish today, uh, in a lot of ways. I, I really like that. So cool. that's cool. Well, if, if you guys are still listening, do check out at least the video on Spotify. It's a little bit better with the video, especially when we pull up the charts. Uh you know, there's a little bit of a mixture in the audience who does and doesn't like the charts. We're going to do a little charts, try to keep them a little uh, more on the lighter side. But once in a while, we may go down the rabbit hole. Uh, but also consider subscribing on YouTube and joining us live. We're doing this live uh, currently uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time on, on Thursdays if you want to hop in the chat and uh, come vibe and hang with us. Uh, much appreciated. And, and if you like the pod, uh, yeah, tweet about it. Show it to a friend. Um, we've actually been growing at a pretty good clip. Um, which is, which is nice to see. So some, some people are uh, getting value here and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lazy and tired trading. So I'm doing like no effort to promote this stupid thing or make clips, but it's still, <laughs> it's still growing, which is nice. Dude, we, people we must do, like the content. We do no, uh, no planning for the show and <sighs> we end up going for two hours. I can't even imagine. Speak, speak for yourself, brother. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we talk, we talk two hours before, uh, we go live. The show's the show's a surprise to you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just whip out like fifteen charts. <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, thanks guys. We will uh, see you back here uh, next week with uh, another action-packed episode. And uh, until then, good luck in the markets and uh, enjoy yourselves. Later, everybody. Bye. Thank you.